0: Summer is officially here, baby, and we can think of no better way to stay cool this summer than by giving back to others. On September 1st, Laura and I will be donating $1 for every rating and $2 for every written review on Apple Podcasts to a charity that you, our listeners, get to help us pick. Follow us on our socials at Impolite Society Podcast to find out more about how we're going to be picking our charity and to weigh in and let us know what charity you want us to support. But that's not it, because not only are you helping us help others, you also have a chance to help yourself. Not only are we going to be cutting a check to a charity on September 1st, we are also going to be choosing a written review at random to win a $50 gift card and some Impolite Society swag. So if you leave us a review, let us know by taking a screenshot and emailing it to us at rude at or slip it into the DMs of any of our socials. Fixing this messed up world is hard, but when you take a couple seconds to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, you can rest assured that you did something positive with your summer and you helped us improve the world one dollar at a time. Thank you so much for listening. Now to the show.
1: You're listening to Impolite Society with Laura and Rachel. So, Laura, I got to ask you, I got to know, what is your persona? If I were going to be an animal, I would definitely be a tiger. They are my favorite animal in the entire world. I Sometimes I think it wouldn't be so bad to be eaten by a tiger because at least I would get to be close to one. <laughs> so I would be a tiger, and my name would be Danger McPherson. Watch out. What about you? You know, I thought long and hard on
0: this, and I would definitely be a Fausa.
1: A, a what?
0: What's a, a A Mufasa? No, 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 no. These are these strange little creatures from Madagascar, and they look like wild cats, but they're actually weasels. So I like that they're tricky Ooh. like that, you know? And Weasels are cute. These are cute. They look like cats. They got the big cat eyes, big cat ears, but they're tricky they're not a cat and they're better than cats you (laughs) want to know why why because they use their tail as a fifth appendage and help them climb and hold on to stuff
1: oh so kind of like monkey like like it's got a lot going on uh,
0: and my name would be what would your name be
1: (laughs) bricklebucks brick brickle bottom that's, that's what it is
0: brickle box
1: brickle box brickle box the fosa all right well this is impolite society with your hosts brickle box the fosa and danger mcpherson <laughs> JK, JK 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 this is
0: actually Rachel and Laura I'm Rachel I'm Laura and can you believe it another month has come and gone I felt like we just recorded a fan Friday and here we are and now all of a sudden <laughs> we're back just one month closer to death everyone wow wow <laughs> and, you know, some of the times when I was doing the research for today, I, I felt like dying. I felt my soul leave my body. Yeesh.
1: Because we got a great topic. What is it? What is it? What is it? I already know. But tell me. You I already do. know.
0: Yeah. And you already know, too, listener. You read the name of the episode. But this actually came as a recommendation from one of our friends from the Tweets Ahead podcast, Sean, over there in Ireland on the Emerald Island, sent us this all the way here to talk about. And he <laughs> was curious about furries.
1: Who isn't curious about furries?
0: <laughs> he was furious. Is this fans fur day and we are fur real we are going to be talking about furries and his curiosity about furries led me to our question that we are going to be digging into furries they're intriguing they wear lots of outfits we see them on the news we see them in jokes but my question today are furries i'm dying to know all about sex because when you think of it, I feel like it's a kinky thing, right? It's a kinky thing.
1: That, that's definitely how I think of it. I mean, I think of just like weirdos, but I also think of weirdo sex.
0: Yes. Let me just say, I did a lot of research on this. I watched some documentaries. I read some articles. I even <laughs> so bravely typed the word furry into a certain porn site <gasps> just to see... Just to see what came up.
1: Oh, God. We're going to have to hear about that in
0: detail. <laughs> we are going to hear about that. I didn't actually watch anything, but I did ah! have some observations. You oh, didn't Laura, watch no. Watch it? Come on. I, I know. I walked right up to the edge, but I didn't get in.
1: I just couldn't do it. Oh, come it. on. If you typed furry into Pornhub, you could at least. Press play for research, Rachel. For, for re- research, I did it
0: in front of my open window in the front room of our house, and I was like, "Anybody's walking by is like, wow, they're into some weird shit in that house." They're just
1: gonna know like the frame of the site. They're gonna be like, "Oh, she's on Pornhub," just immediately.
0: Truly, they're not gonna see the giant animated fox boning a little <laughs> bunny on it. But that's fine. Porn aside, let me just say, I went down the rabbit hole, just like that fox did. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> the more I learned about it, the more sympathetic I became to the furries and their cause and their community. And I'm like, am I a furry
1: now? Am I a part of this community? <laughs> you're gonna have to convince me you're gonna have to convince me on that.
0: Well, one, let's I see think. if I can get you to the same place. And we are going to find out now. But before we do, you might be asking yourself. What the fuck is a furry? And if so...
1: Where have you been for the last 10 years? Oh, it's much
0: longer than that. Let me tell you what a furry is first. The community has really blossomed
1: since the internet age. Like many weirdo communities, it has really blossomed.
0: Oh, the weirdos found each other. And that is what the internet is all about. But a furry is a fandom, right? Like how there are fandoms for pop culture pieces. Like Harry Potter, there's fans for that. I am a big fan of Lord of the Rings and other people are in the Star Wars fandom. The difference of furry fandom, the fandom, as they call it, is that it is not about a specific cultural touch point, right? It's not about a, a, a story or a name or a title that a company owns. It's just a, really about an interest or a like of anthropomorphic animals. So anthropomorphic is a long word that just means animals that are somewhat human-like. They're talking like humans, they're shaped like humans. Some of them are maybe dressed in human clothes. This fandom that spans online, local, and international groups, they like the shit out of them, whether it's drawing animal people or dressing up as those animal people or living as those animal people.
1: I will say one of the articles that you referenced did make an interesting point about the fandom in the sense of that they are creating something anew as opposed to, like you said, taking something that someone else has created and kind of playing with it. They are kind of making their own thing, which I'm like, OK, I can give you some props for that. I mean, it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Or you, you create your yeah. own persona and really dig into it. A little bit of props there for creativity and doing your own thing. Yeah.
0: and I mean, they definitely march to the beat of their own drummer. That's for sure. And they do not care what we think about them. But within the furry community, there are two kind of subgroups, right? So there's just like your run of the mill furry, someone who's maybe just into this kind of scene. But then there's people who take it to the whole next level. So there is the Therians. They feel that they are sp- spiritually connected to animals they believe that they are an animal
1: trapped in a human body this reeks of crazy (laughs) if i'm gonna be totally honest this reeks of crazy i mean there's a first part there where you said you know spiritually connected to animals i'm like okay Okay, connected to animals, but believing that you're an animal trapped in a human body, well, then you would know how to use your thumbs or use your tongue or be able to grasp speech. Yeah, that whiffs for me. That whiffs.
0: (laughs) I will say we all are spiritually connected animals who didn't pretend to be an animal at some point in their lives. And you could be an animal. If an animal was trapped in your body, they would make it out. They would make it. I've met some people who I am very confident are actually jackasses trapped in a human body (laughs) maybe sloths i guess i could see some of those (laughs) and you know obviously laura's a tiger (laughs) which i mean you're
1: basic i'm sorry but that's one of the (laughs) the whatever one of the more common no no. personas they're the most beautiful thing that's ever walked this planet earth i mean look at them i don't know you're Fusa, fousa, fousa has nothing on a fucking tiger. My tiger will eat the shit out of your fusa. That sounds dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Stop eating my fusa, Laura. This
0: is on the internet forever. (laughs) But that's just one kind. That's just one. You know, you said they sound crazy. This is the more moderate of the two kind of subgroups. The other one, they take it.
1: To the next level. There's always another level. Isn't they are called the other kin. I feel like I've heard this term and I don't oh, know where.
0: I've heard it. It's on the internet.
1: Yeah. Usually as the butt of some joke. Yeah. But the other
0: kin, they're samesies to the ther- Therians, right? But they aren't animals trapped in a human body. Oh no, that's too basic. <laughs> yeah, that makes too much sense. But. They are actually mythical creatures trapped in a human body. From dragons to
1: minotaurs to griffins. Somebody has been playing too much Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Or does it make perfect sense? Because where are all the griffins? They got trapped in human bodies. That's why they went away. Is this really what Scientology is based on, is the other kid? (laughs) Probably. The the Thadens are all trapped in human
0: bodies or whatever. I believe that Tom Cruise is a
1: giant serpent in a human body. He's definitely an other or something. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are dead.
0: <laughs> but these are the kinds of furries, right? They they feel spiritually connected to animals. They like these animal cartoon characters. And we'll get into a little bit more about where these animal cartoon characters come from when we get into the history of the furries. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the hist-furry, as one <laughs> might say. But who are the furries? And this is a very good question because they're not griffins in people bodies. They are people in griffin bodies, kind of. <laughs> you know, they put on the exteriors. But who are they underneath their costumes? We went to the one and only source for finding out. And this is a site called Fur Science. Which, oh, God. Which sounds <laughs> reputable. But I think it's actually a site that's about helping parents come to understand their children's interest in (laughs) furriness. And I'm like, that's actually very wholesome. (laughs) It does.
1: Those poor parents.
0: (laughs) Kid comes up and they're like, I'm a furry mom. And you're just like, I accept you. Let me do some Googling to try to understand. I'm trying to meet you where you are. (laughs) Yeah, that you're, I I gave birth to a wolf in a boy body. (laughs)
1: Uh, parenting.
0: <laughs> but who are they? They're mostly young. Young people. Shocker. Seventy-five percent are under twenty-five. So they're young. They're probably a little bit more imaginative. I'm gonna guess maybe a little bit late bloomers. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not only are they young, but the vast majority
1: are males. Mm. 84% are men. They can afford to not grow up, unlike women. That's another topic.
0: i was digging into that later. So,
1: sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> but not only are these furries mostly men and young men at that, it comes as an absolute <laughs> shock to nobody that they're also white as fuck.
1: <sighs> we need to do a podcast about white people shit. What is up with this?
0: <laughs> There's just... So much white people's shit. And according to Furry.com or Furry Science or whatever, 83% are white. Yuck. Which is like, what do the last two Fan Fridays we cover have in common? White
1: dudes. Sad white guys. <laughs> well, I should say that at least the furries are happy white yeah. dudes. All right. Immediately, I like them better than the incels, so.
0: Oh, I'm like on board. I, I Can I not say that enough? That they seem like really, okay, I wouldn't hang out with them. <laughs> mm,
1: but they seem nice. a pretty low bar. If you wouldn't hang out with them, you can't even jump over that. Mm, I think that they're fine. I just like,
0: I don't know if we ha- we'd we have a lot in common. <laughs> What you're saying is it's
1: harmless. Is what it's you're saying.
0: harmless. And they seem go. to get a lot of joy out of it. Incels just suck joy. <laughs> furries create joy. <laughs> well, good for them. <laughs> and it comes from joyful origins as well. So where did furries come from? Well, as we said, they're fans. But they're not fans of a specific title. So mm-hmm. these are folks who came from science fiction conferences is where mm-hmm. it was born. And the furry community is a lot older than I gave them credit for. Because at the top, you said, you know, where have you been for the past 10 years? Mm -hmm. Furries actually go back all the way to the 1970s.
1: Where all the weirdo science fiction conferences birthed all the weirdos. Before there was the internet for weirdos to connect to each other, there were conferences.
0: That's exactly right. And it was at a conference in the 1970s where... The furry movement began from art. Art created by a guy named Steve. God, I'm bad at pronunciation. Galachia.
1: You didn't even say pronunciation correct, so I'm I gonna... was not
0: so good at
1: pronunciation.
0: <laughs> but no, his name is Steve. Go- He's Steve Italian. This is Galachi? Galachi. So, something like that. Anyways, he created this anthology of human like animals and it was called albedo and it was a comic book i guess is what you would, most us normies would call it but it was okay. big so it became an anthology
1: i don't know okay. i don't know
0: but this anthology kind of got a cult following and so folks would go and gather around his booth to listen to him talk but then when the conference shut down they would follow him to a hotel room and they would gather there to continue talking about this comic he had written so furries like many prom night babies was conceived in a shitty hotel room
1: oh jeez
0: so the people started gathering the hotel rooms after the conferences and the term furry party became an official name for these in the year 1986
1: the official quote unquote <laughs>
0: official they had a flyer it doesn't get more official than that in 1986 throw a scrunchie on it and call it done but they were just all the people got together and they were like oh wow i like to draw people animals oh i like to draw people animals and they were like well, this is groundbreaking like it wasn't something that was present all the time in the funnies yeah. but whatever this, this
1: doesn't sound very original but okay but
0: they found their tribe <laughs> so good for them they found their tribe or their pack or whatever. They found their crew. <laughs> when you have these kind of angsty, nerdy people in a hotel room together at a conference, like what's what's really rare in a way is the hormones. So <laughs> of course this furry community got sexy. It got sexy. Mm. And it started when somebody wrote in to one of these cartoonist illustrators and said, there wasn't enough sex in animal comics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Needs more sex. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. I I mean, that's a fair critique of a lot of comics. (laughs) Come on, Marmaduke.
1: (laughs) Garfield. Garfield
0: and his lasagna.
1: Oh, God. I (laughs) bet I bet somebody, I know it. I know if I were to Google Garfield erotic, there would be like some fan drug. Well,
0: it definitely got elevated, much like puberty. You know, if we start with the circle of life metaphor, they're conceived in a hotel room.
1: They were born.
0: Born. <laughs> and now they're hitting puberty and they're getting hormones and, and they're getting a little horny. A little horny. horny. And that's when a comic called Omaha the Cat Dancer was created. And she was essentially a cat woman. She's a woman who was a cat and a cat who was a woman. But she was also a stripper. So it's essentially an adult story with adult elements and, you know, stuff that happens to adults. But with cat characters. She's cats. cat. Yeah. I mean, she had long hair. She danced. And her nipples were out sometimes. So the next kind of phase, right? You're finding yourself. You're starting to figure out who you are. And a furry, for furries, that moment came when a guy named Ken Sample, pronounced correctly, <laughs> and then so it's, it's actually Sample. Fuck <laughs> you. Anyways, Ken Sample. He started drawing a cougar, and you know what a cougar is, but it's not that kind of cougar. It's a cougar, but no a in an apostrophe. It was oh. Ken Cougar. And people started to notice that this cougar looked awful lot like Ken himself, Uh. who was a good looking dude. Good for you. And so that's when, oh, I'd like to draw cool people animal in, oh, I wish I was hot like Ken Sample. And it came together and people were like, I'm going to have an animal that reflects me.
1: So they're going to be Ken and do their own version.
0: They're going to be their own version of Ken. And this was where fursonas were born. And a fursona, as we talked about at our top, is just who you would be as an animal alter ego.
1: Danger McPherson.
0: Bricklebucks,
1: I think, was the name I threw out there. That sounds right. Yeah.
0: Bricklebucks <laughs> the Fusa cat.
1: <laughs> She's even got a jingle.
0: Oh yes, I definitely didn't just steal that from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats the musical. The movie, <laughs> the movie, the musical. <laughs> and then I'm also I take off my skin and I have a sequined dress over more skin underneath the skin that I'm wearing. Creepy. Have you ever seen the movie Cats the musical, the movie?
1: No, but I saw uh some clips of it from a YouTube video making fun of it and oh man, is it bad? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs>
0: That was like the last thing I did before the pandemic was see fucking cats, and like ended on a high note. Anyways, so now that we have personas, that's really gearing us up from where we are today. People started getting more and more elaborate with their costumes. They started having their own conferences because they got booted out of Sci-Fi. Like <laughs>
1: They're like, "Get the Con-A-Con. fuck out of here!" Just like, we
0: can't handle this, guys. Sorry, you got to go. And it just really kind of took off on its own and. It really became a phenomenon for the people that are in the community. But as things grow, you also catch the media's eye, Mm. especially when you're parading around a hotel in Chicago, dressed as animals and in mascot costumes. So then the media started to pick up this furry phenomenon, and they started covering it. And that's where we kind of get the reputation of this, community that started off about cartoon animals and and it got portrayed as being all about kinky kinky sex
1: did it get portrayed that way i mean they had to pick up on some threads that were already there
0: i mean but sex sells if you hung out with them for their whole con and you could talk about them talking about their expensive costumes or you could talk about them getting on a giant pile on top of each other and scritching each other. What's going to catch more attention?
1: Well, but exactly. But one of those happened. They didn't pull it out of their ass.
0: I mean, every all of it happened. Exactly. They all spend thousands of dollars on their costume and it can talk about their costume and their persona and their fursona for hours. But that's just news. That Good news does not make.
1: Yeah. But, as you said, there are a lot of young males with a lot of hormones and this. So there, there's a healthy amount of sex mixed in there, as with anything of human nature, right? Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, and you let the cat out of the bag because that was yeah. my grand reveal for why things get so sexy at a furry convention. But a lot of the sources that I read, they blame the media for this perception as furries just being a kink which I kind of thought it was going into it. I thought it was just like, I like to dress up like an animal and fuck. I thought, literally, I thought that's what furries were. I didn't realize that they came from Comic-Con or like science fiction cons. I didn't realize the whole art behind it. I literally just thought it was, you know, people fucking in mascot costumes and also wolf girls on TikTok. That's literally what I thought it was. But they blame the media and I saw it referenced in several places as a Vanity Fair article where this journalist goes and hangs out with furries for the duration of the con. And she just, it's such a good article. I mean, I read it. it.
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: It was pretty entertaining. Super long. I mean, published in 2001, where we had nothing but time apparently to read (laughs) 5,000 word articles. I mean, within the first part, she describes the furries and she's like, then they scratched each other and then
1: i wanted to run away. <laughs> I was just like, oh man. Well, some of the people she interviewed, I'm like, yeah, i'd run away from them too.
0: Not the most flattering portrayal of these guys. I did learn a lot from it about the sex piece cuz you can't mm-hmm. deny that the sex is a piece of it. I mean, they have yes. their own vocabulary around it. Yep. So here is a quick lesson in furry sex vocabulary. The first word Yiff. Yiffing is furry sex. So yiff, yiffing, yiffy are all variations oh, of okay. yiff. That pile that I described earlier, them just getting on top of each other. I don't want
1: hear about the pile. <laughs> oh,
0: it's, they're not having sex. It's just called a fur pile. And they just get in a, they just lay on top of each other. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
1: just like, yeah.
0: It's definitely not sex, but it's fur not? play maybe? Yeah. Okay. Getting everybody <laughs> yeah. ready to
1: splooge?
0: Yeah, exactly. Splooge. Which is another furry term, which three guesses to what spooge
1: means. I I mean, splooge, isn't that actually a term for cum, splooge? Yeah, yeah, but I just take the L out yeah. and call so it So all spooge. you did, yeah, you just left the L out. You didn't do anything creative on that one, guys. No props. But it for means that one. semen. And then. No, shocker. <laughs>
0: fervert. <laughs> which is anybody who's attracted to mascots and such. So you're a fervert. You want to have isn't, sex with somebody who's furry. Is that
1: all of them? Okay. Uh, and All then right. a plushie, Sorry. which
0: a plushie is somebody who wants to have sex with stuffed animals.
1: No, I love stuffed animals. Leave the stuffed animals alone. Which I saw They're some so plushie sweet. videos on,
0: on Pornhub. I was oh. like, why would you, what? And then record? It was just interesting.
1: But it's just so sad because stuffed animals are, like, such a symbol of childhood for me. And, like, I loved my stuffed animals as a child. That's probably why they like it so much. I know. That's why it's so fucking creepy. You're defiling this symbol of childhood.
0: I think something about
1: childhood is a part of,
0: plays a part into this. When you think about stuffed animals, mascots, cartoon animals, there's something... Yeah. Connected or grounded in childhood—that's going on here.
1: Something regressive going on. Yes, yeah.
0: and as we talked about, they're mostly young men, so we can we can expect them to be pretty yiffy. <laughs> so, but it's more than that in the sense that the sex isn't something that's such a taboo in the culture; it's more celebrated and more accepted. So, if you are a a wolf who is probably the most common kind of furry in the world people everybody wants to be a wolf for some reason but if you are a wolf you know you're a wolf man and what do wolves do they run they sniff they yiff you know that's part of life out there in nature so it's not like ooh, yiffing it's not frowned upon it's just accepted like people they want a yiff And since it has become a taboo, this is where I start to talk about my Pornhub experiences. Oh,
1: tell me all about it.
0: Where I typed in furry, and I was like, what's in there? And some of the people in the documentary I saw did cite porn as being kind of one of their touch points of getting into the community. Mm. But in looking at it, it was mostly animated porn, which also kind of makes you feel a little bit better, right? Weird. Harmless, right? Less so, harmful than other kinds of
1: porn. Do they usually have human genitalia or is it like an anatomically correct for the species that they are? No, or, no, no. and, like or. Human. They
0: have okay and, and penises because okay. that's what we want to see in porn, but they're also like animals.
1: And then, so then when they're in costumes. Is it like a prosthetic that like looks or is it just like a guy's dick flopped out and a vag flopped out?
0: So what I see when it's actually people is that they're just wearing the masks and the hands ah. and the feet. Because a lot of furries, that's all their costumes are because costumes are expensive. So they just wear the heads and the, the paws and the feet and then they wear their clothes over it so that it looks like they're a animal in clothes.
1: Ah. See, this goes back to your, th- what is it, Therians or whatever. Yeah. They're like, well, if you're really a human or an animal in a human body, then you don't, like, why are you attracted to human genitalia? You should be attracted to wolf genitalia. Not that that's better, but at least it's consistent. <laughs>
0: <sighs> that article in Vanity Fair did talk about one of the furries who was engaged in bestiality. So. I
1: did see that, and I was like, I fucking hate you, and... I hope something bad happens to you.
0: Well, I couldn't really understand if he was fucking the dogs or if the dogs were fucking him.
1: Either way, I'm I'm not cool with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I would have thought he was fucking the dogs. but Then it said it started with the dog humping him. And I was like, oh, God. And if you want to hear all about this, we'll link the article in the
1: show notes. Because It's a read, guys. It's a read. Yeah, I mean, clear your calendars because it's going to take you <laughs> at least an hour to read the whole thing. No, it was like 15 minutes.
0: My kind of resounding takeaway, though, was I didn't feel like the porn that I saw. Granted, I did not watch any (laughs) of it. What a disappointment. But I felt like the cartoon ones were the most accurate. But the ones with the people wearing the masks and the the gloves and stuff, it just felt like they were leaning into something they thought was taboo or they thought was kinky. So much like many of the the lesbian actresses on porn websites. I doubted they really lived that (laughs) lifestyle. I think these were people who put on furry stuff and then had sex, and they call it furry porn because they think that furries just want to watch people have sex with a wolf head on.
1: So that's furries in a furry little nutshell.
0: (laughs) That's in a nutshell what they are, where they came from, and you could really get into the psychology behind it, but we don't have time for that. And now let's get into our minute musings because this is supposed to be mini. So yeah. So furries, are they really that weird? At the top of it, you said these
1: guys are weird, <laughs> and we make a lot of fun of them.
0: But at the same time. I loved BoJack Horseman. The show.
1: Wait, like how did you love? It Bojack was a great
0: Horseman. show, and that was anthropomorphic animals. And you like Jessica Rabbit? You've said she's hot. Of course, I
1: love Jessica Rabbit.
0: And we literally, before we even picked the furry topic, we talked about the sex
1: icon <laughs> that is Robin Hood the Fox. <laughs> is it really that weird to want to like to play animal? No, I don't think it's that weird. Like, yeah, it's fun to suspend reality and pretend to be something else. Of course, that's fun. That's why Dungeons and Dragons is popular. But I think like anything else, it depends on where you fall in the spectrum of that. Just playing at a conference or whatever, it's fine. But when it like seeps in too far in your everyday life, when you're fucking plushy stuffed animals, when you're thinking about fucking dogs, when it like creeps in and makes it hard for you to live your real life or connect with other humans, that's when, yeah, it really does get weird.
0: But is it weird because it's creating that socially that social isolation or is it because we're isolating them for feeling that way? So obviously put aside the, the plushies, put aside the, the bestiality people. That's a different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. People who are just here about the community because they want to pretend they're a wolf or, or a lion or... A tiger
1: and i mean and that's fun when you're 12
0: but what's the cutoff for that
1: when you start to have to have he- real adult relationships make a living and be a real person <laughs>
0: but why can't you be a wolf in your spare time we're podcast we're playing podcasters
1: we are not playing podcasts we have a podcast
0: but no i'm just saying like i was a kid who was slow to mature i remember I vividly too. Running in from the outfield at a softball game, and I was galloping like a horse because it's like a different gait, right? When you gallop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was probably mm-hmm. like
1: 10. Too old. I was- I don't think that's too old to do that. I think that's to fine. pretend you're a
0: horse at a softball yeah. game? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I have a niece. She's grown out of it now, but she was like a dog for like a long time. She would come up and she'd be like, Mum, it was adorable. I, I doubt she did it at school. I mean, she did it when she was at you know, home but with family. But that's also what
0: you see with the furries is that yeah. there are furries and nobody knows that. They are only their animal self, their fursona in the evenings, online, and at these conferences.
1: Okay. Keep your weird shit to yourself. And I'll keep my weird shit to myself. But the, I guess the thing that gets weird is like when people like demand to be like acknowledged as their persona. Like when you when you let it get that far, you're just like, yeah. no, no, I can't I've take you seriously. seen stuff like the
0: other extreme where like people live as dogs and like live as horses. You seen that mm-hmm. horse girl galloping around on the internet? Oh, it's terrifying. She's on all fours and she like no. mimics the gait of a horse and goes over jumps and girl is... Horrifying, exactly. horrifying. I'm going to send you... We're going to post a picture of that on the Instagram of her gallivanting around because it is upsetting to say the least. <laughs> we can all agree that pretending to be an, an interest an interest in animals is something that's inherent to humans as a species. Mm-hmm. I found an article that talked about how we are fascinated by animals. We give... Going back mm-hmm. to ancient Egypt and the indigenous people of America... Animals are given human-like qualities, you know, from that ancient times to modern Disney. Animals are used to tell stories. And actually, that this article said that children are more curious about animals than non-natural shapes and, like, movement patterns. Also, this article— That makes sense. —for some fucking reason— on
1: ESPN.com. I don't know. Branching out. I get that because animals are intriguing. I do it every single day where I talk to my cat and then pretend to talk back like my cat. You know what I mean? Like in a human voice. I do it every well, single day. Well, does that day. make you a
0: furry then? Because you have your anthropomorphicizing your cat. <laughs>
1: I'm playing cat I guess when I when he talks I pretend that he talks back to me like beep, beep,
0: meep, what meep, is that about why do we do that
1: some sort of human projection I'd imagine like
0: so social
1: we anthropomorphic. Oh man now you got Anthropomorphous- me i fucking size. it up. We make all kinds of things human. I'm scratching the word all together. I know this is a stupid example, but fucking Clippy, you know, and Microsoft, oh, <laughs> this little paperclip that talks, just as part of our human nature for whatever reason. I think you nail hit the nail on the head. Is because we're so social. Like Wilson and Castaway, you know, you don't have anybody around, so you make a volleyball your friend. It's just something innate to us. We need that social interaction. And anything that we're going to interact with, I guess we decide to give it human qualities.
0: Yeah. So then especially if you can make a paperclip have eyes and give you tips on how to use your word processor, an animal that interacts with you, it reacts to the world, is even easier to make that next step. It's just interesting to me that babies are more fascinated by natural kind of movements than just random lights and flashes. They want to they watch animals. They want to watch the natural world around them. Mm-hmm. That is definitely some, well, I don't want to call it vestigial, but like some leftover piece of evolution where we're more curious about the natural world because that's the world
1: we had to live in. Yeah. No, I think that sounds 100% correct.
0: So then that leftover piece... Paired with socialization, because that's like our desire to be social, because let's be real, I bet a lot of these people who entered the furry fandom were probably a little socially isolated or maybe outcast by their peers and their social groups. You (laughs) think? You think? Maybe a bit. But maybe it's because they have that childlike wonder still and active imagination. I cannot fault somebody for that. No,
1: yeah, that's fair.
0: But for whatever reason, they ended out on the outskirts and then they kind of put those two kind of pieces together and they made animals into their friends, whether they're cartoons or they're dressing up like it. And there's just some of these moments where they talk about themselves and their furry personas. So you just, I, got, I felt sad for them. <laughs> and it sounds yeah. bad because it was like such a pure, it was such a pure emotion and they were so genuine and you could tell it brought them happiness, but you were just kind of like,
1: I guess the ultimate goal is to find happiness with another human that identifies with a human. And when people are, I guess, so happy with what falls short of that, that's what makes you a little sad.
0: I don't know if it was that. It was more just like seeing an adult act like a child and have that kind of childlike piece to it It makes you feel like they're... I, I said like I wouldn't fault them for it, but it was just kind of
1: regressive or like they're stunted in some way yeah it
0: just did not seem fully healthy and that brings me back to the rude question at the top are furries all about sex no that's my answer resounding answer from the research is that they're not they're not all about sex
1: but there is a fair amount of sex i mean sex is
0: involved don't get me wrong (laughs) but sex is involved in anything you like we both did theater theater wasn't about sex were people giving hand jobs in the dark backstage yes that happens but that wasn't the main point point. and just like yeah. a high school theater troupe just because it's not about sex doesn't make it
1: any less cringy it's yeah. still pretty cringy when you dig into it he said it just makes you sad there, there's the uck factor and then when you look into it more you're just like
0: Oh, and that's where the sympathy came from. And I because I was a weird kid, man. I sometimes I wonder what you know, what was the tipping point where it turned me into this model citizen podcaster instead of being (laughs) a furry.
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know where that comes from. But I mean, I was a weird kid, too. I was a late bloomer, too. And then at some point, you know, you just leave all that behind, I guess. Which is
0: that's pretty sad in itself. But seriously, we make a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, after doing all this research and watching documentaries and reading- And
1: watching the porn, or not watching the porn, Rachel!
0: I walked away with just kind of this, everybody deserves to feel like they belong, everybody needs their pack, or their herd, or their pride, or their murder, if they're crows. (laughs) I don't know if there's any free crows. If you found people who accept you and like you for who you are, and who you are as an animal trapped in a human body, more power to you. I'd say that's what I walked away with. And if you want to have sex with those people, sex happens. If happens.
1: If happens. That's our new tagline. In polite society, if happens. happens.
0: Okay, well, that's that's furries. I think we put a nice little tail on it
1: and <laughs> stuck a little raccoon tail on the end of this furry nutshell and sent it on its way.
0: So thank you so much, Sean, for giving us this question. We had something else lined up, and it wasn't it wasn't quite as good as fit as furries. So I had a lot of fun <laughs> learning about furries, oh, you and bet I hope you, you had did. a lot of fun hearing me share what I learned about furries and pronouncing. <laughs> A lot of it.
1: (laughs) Anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed fan Fur day And if you want to send your own rude question or kind of off-color topic for us to dig into, or just tell us about your fursona, we want to hear about it. You can contact us on any of our social medias. Tell
1: us our social medias. Laura. We got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got Twitter, we got YouTube, we got TikTok, we got a website.
0: <laughs> we got all those things. Or you can send us a direct email by typing the word rude at impolitesocietypodcast.com into your two, what do they call that, section? The two bar? Your two bar, your two field, into the two go. field, and then sending it to us from your email.
1: Thank you for that tutorial, Rachel. I know you could be Clippy. You could be Clippy. <laughs>
0: I'm Clippy, I'm an anthropomorphic paperclip. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to download, rate, review, and subscribe. All those things. We are just two nobodies out here trying to cut it in the world of so so many indie podcasts. Tell a friend. That is Danger McPherson. <whistles> this is Bricklebucks. And we are signing off for the night. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody! Uh, Oh wait, what is that? uh,
1: I guess that's drums. Tigers don't purr. One, two, three. Clap. Clap.
0: Shit. Oh well, it's fine.